0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 522 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We've got a lot to dive into, uh, including the one in five Philadelphia Phillies. Get into uh, the overarching conclusion that it seems like we have another MVP on our hands in the city of Philadelphia. And, of course, we'll talk some union, and we'll talk about Survivor Season 44 at the end of the show for the true dedicated fans. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI. All of our information for our live Tailgate podcast going down this coming Saturday, April 8th, our Ring It Tailgate podcast event It's all on our social media handles. It's our pin tweet on Twitter. It's pinned on our Instagram profile. If you're going to be at the game, obviously Thursday now postponed going to be Friday and then right into Saturday, come out to our tailgate, join us at the Jetro lot. 1 PM. The podcast starts. It's free to attend. Come on out. Enjoy some Kenwood beer. Our friends at wasted wedge just brought us over some product as well. So you'll have that on deck and, uh, our good friends at PHI Apparel Company as well. So go check that out. Come out to our live tailgate event Saturday, April 8th. Follow us on the socials. Follow Matt on Twitter at Arena. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five-star review. It does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow and helps us do even more cool live events, and things like that. So go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week and every other podcast on our network. Subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon so you don't miss out on any of the content. We're currently at 426 subscribers. Trying to get to 500 by the end of April. So go subscribe. And uh, of course, this show presented by the city of Vineland and whether you're a company looking to expand relocate or you're a new business startup selecting the right location is critical to your success Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life the city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region if you're Considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100, that's 856-794-4100, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for also sponsoring today's episode. What's going on, man? I'm living the dream. You're back in studio. Philly season's underway. (laughs) Not the most ideal start to the year. uh, But as we said on the last episode, it's 162 games. Can't treat baseball season like it's football season. Does it suck early on that you're 1-5? Sure. But the amount of people that I've seen on social media reacting like every single game in April is going to be the cause for the Phillies to potentially miss out on the postseason this year. Just pump
1: the brakes a little bit. I will say the last few years, the Phillies have started off really hot. Usually, usually it's the opposite. Normally they start like four and one, five and one and everyone kind of gets very excited. And then they slip into, you know, what has <laughs> been a repeating pattern of like late April into May looking very bad. So maybe, you know, we're just getting a little reversal. I think so much of last season's team is going to be like my mantra is like, you know, Coming into June, this team looked absolutely dead in the water. And obviously, we, we know how last season ended up. That doesn't mean it's going to end up this year, though. But um, the Rangers, we just, for whatever reason, cannot beat the Texas Rangers. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I have not beaten them in 12 years. It's insane. I You know, and the Yankees are always going to be a tough series. I You know, I, I'm not – there's no panic buttons being pressed. Um, I think, too, you know, one thing that the, the, the pitch clock is going to affect teams in – individual and unique ways and i'm not like laying this at the feet of that but i do think like both games that got out of control against texas you could maybe say (laughs) but i mean they're unacceptable losses too like i I think the capitulation on the first day and then the the 16-3 game i mean it's just horrendous um horrendous non-competitive behavior but yeah I, i don't think it's it's any reason for me to say like man you know the frauds i was i was stupid for believing them. also they get a nice little Nice little medicine this week with the Reds, you know, like that's, you know, you started off, you the Rangers obviously spent a lot of money last year. And then again, this offseason to shore up the starting lineup, like that's a team that could very likely end up being a playoff team and the Yankees, you know, a World Series favorite. You know, you like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to really say that you've, you've looked um, good. Of course, <laughs> like it has not been good. Um, even the win against Yankees was not a great win necessarily, but Um, you know, I, I think that the lack of competitiveness, I think in, in the Rangers series for the most part was a little frustrating. Um, and I, I think that's maybe what, what gets people, you know, you can stand, I think losing a little bit, but especially the 16 to three, I think really turned it off for people, you know, after, after really breaking down the day before and, or or in between the days, by the way, what what? (laughs) I know that they do this in part because the weather on opening day is not always ideal in some type that like we're having our opening day postponed technically, but, um, Rest day after <laughs> opening day for like it's not only that,
0: a rest day in a city where they, they have a retractable shut up roof about
1: this stadium and how amazing it was because I ended up watching the uh, the Rangers feed and they had Manfred in there for like I would felt like several hours. Um, and they could not shut up about the stadium. <laughs> and yeah, when you have a retractable roof, but yeah, like imagine playing in Tampa Bay and be like, well, you got to give them the rest day. The day after, because you don't know if it's going to be rainy or too windy or something. Like, come on, all right, what do we,
0: what do we really doing? It's brand new stadium, and you close the roof <laughs> during the first game. I don't, which yeah. I'm partially blaming for why the Phillies lost that game. Yeah, um, but like you said, you know,
1: half our team does believe in the rapture coming, um, so I think <laughs> that they were concerned that they were they the, the the trumpets of Gabriel or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> to and like you said, you know, you get a a nice little reprieve you hope this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds and you're home for six games now. And I have now subscribed to the simple fact that any sports season does not get underway until you play a game at home. You play on the road. You're, you're just, you're still tuning things up until you play at home in front of your fans, especially coming off of the season that the Phillies had last year. Now it's not great optics to come into your home opener one in five. um, but You haven't had the fans behind you
1: yet. But they get their, there's like the ceremony is on Sunday, right? Yeah, so the banner gets raised now on Friday. Yeah. uh, And then the ring ceremony is on Sunday. So there's a very real chance (laughs) that you could be getting booed because you're like like two and six (laughs) on Sunday. That'd be less than ideal. That'd be very, very funny. Um, Very funny.
0: And then after the Reds, you're still at home for three against our favorite team, man, the Miami Marlins. Yeah, I just love it. Uh, And then you go on the road to play Cincinnati for four and then continue a road trip for three in Chicago against the White Sox before you come home for four against the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. So on paper, at least, it is a much you know more manageable upcoming schedule than what you've had to deal with in the first six games of the season between... The Texas Rangers, who, like you mentioned, you know, they went out and solidified their starting rotation. They have a new manager who has World Series champion, uh, you know, pedigree. And they're trying to compete in a a competitive AL West for the first time in who knows how long. And then you have the Yankees, who are, you know, perennially in the ALCS and then get swept by the Astros. So um, a winnable game today, which was unfortunate. You know, you just had... The one thing that stuck out to me through these first six games, not even, you know, the the poor pitching and everything,
1: the base running mistakes have been terrible. Which has not always been a strength of the Phillies either. Um, you know, I, I can recall maybe a few times getting a little mad at Bryce over the mm-hmm. years. It's a, but you know, he very much makes up for it. Um yeah, some of the, the fine margin stuff. I will say like things I have been impressed with, um I gotta say, Alec Boehm looking <laughs> he's definitely you know I, I think we've seen again it seems like very early in the season but it seems like he's taken another step forward I think Brandon Marsh has looked good too you mm-hmm. obviously um, gets scratched uh, but you know a couple I, blunders on uh, the first game against the Yankees but right. has made up for it I, th- I think he's looked good like I you know I, I think that's that's still like in I think we forget because <laughs> he looks about 37 uh, that he's one of the youngest players <laughs> yeah. on the team so um that's the good news and you know like bryson stott still looks fantastic bryson stott definitely you know like again i i think um under the radar type of guy you know from the, the second half of last season and the playoffs too i mm-hmm. thought he was very capable which is just not common at all for for someone of his age and, and and a rookie to to handle himself as well as he did in the playoffs so he's looked good to start and yeah you know i think you can take <laughs> you can take the negative any way you want but I just think uh, for me, I'm going to look at the positives, which is that some of the young guys that we were hoping could progress again this year, have done that so far, um, and you know we haven't even seen the full list of, of young players that could make an impact at some point this year.
0: And I mean, that that guy Trey Turner, yeah, it turns he's out pretty Trey good. Turner. If you
1: have the opportunity to sign he's Trey Turner, good. You Sign Trey Turner.
0: I I truly think Trey Turner is going to. I think Jack Fritz uh, said this on Twitter and on the High Hopes podcast. Trey Turner's going to be the one that uh, hits for the cycle and breaks the drought of the Phillies. Not having a cycle since 2004. It's certainly possible. He's
1: Uh, a a great, great man.
0: He's unreal. Um, Also, got to give a tip of the cap to Matt Strom. Like, to come in as... And I I loved his quote, too, where he's like, you know, I don't see myself as a reliever. I don't see myself as a starter. I'm just a pitcher. So, whatever role they want to put me in, I'm going to be ready to go. He looked phenomenal against the Yankees in game two of that series. Uh, The only win that the Phillies have on the season so far for him to step up like that. And having not started a game since 2021 where he's been just primarily a relief pitcher in his career too, where starting early on just didn't work out for him, um, moved to the bullpen and became a a weapon left-handed reliever out of, you know, the, the Padres bullpen, the Royals and also the Red Sox. For him to step up like that in New York, you know, he's he's faced the Yankees before in his career, obviously pitching for the Red Sox last year, but job well done by him to, you know, come up clutch in a, a moment where the the Phillies really needed somebody to step up in the pitching department and he did
1: just that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that we we talked sort of thinking about the season that <clears throat> there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for guys to like make an impression, you know, in the first like month or two of the season because you know with everything at the World Baseball Classic and some of the injuries and guys that that are going to be missing time. Um, you know there, there's going to be opportunity for guys to to make those those impacts, especially on the pitching front. You know, like I still think the, the back half of the rotation is not totally solid, and I think in relief positions too. You know, I I don't know that this team has any like go to guy, um, you know, so to speak. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think everyone has a shot. Jo- <laughs> Jesus. <coughs> doing my best doing my best to live <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean the bullpen wise too i think the world baseball classic is kind of taken a hit on some of the guys most notably gregory soto who is slated to pitch in the world baseball classic has visa issues then has injury issues comes back to spring training late gets a late start of kind of just ramping up for his season and then has looked less than ideal in the two moments he's gotten uh, to come out of the bullpen for the Phillies. Jose Alvarado has still been Jose Alvarado. He's been great so far, which has been wonderful to see. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez has looked solid. But for Rob Thompson to, at least they've learned from the mistake early, because if Girardi was still at the helm this time last year, Junior Marte is still, you know throwing softballs to the New York Yankees at this point being shoved into a game that he doesn't belong in he gets sent down which is a a good sign of the organization realizing like okay this guy doesn't have it we need to improve so they did just that call up McKinley Moore situate that there I think the next move has to be (laughs) Christian Pache man tough on paper great move to go and you know pick him up for kind of a a no-name double-a pitcher guy who has upside Dombrowski kind of compared it to when they went and got Edmundo Sosa last year in June if you're being brought in here for your spectacular defense my guy you got to be able to make defensive plays and I get like the hitting isn't there with him yet and you're hoping that Kevin Long can kind of unlock something in him but man whenever he's up to bat whenever he's just in the lineup I
1: cringe it's been a tough Tough first week. <laughs> this has not been uh, not been ideal in any sense.
0: I am starting to think he's just, you know, a a plant from the Atlanta Braves to sabotage us because
1: might be something to that. He is they're dirty enough to do that. He just does not
0: have it and you know I those he's the type of guy that like kinda needs that, that time to mature in triple a little bit with every part of his game because of the hype that he had as a former number one prospect for the Braves, like he hasn't really lived up to that in his major league career and the opportunities he's gotten. And I think it kind of tells you something that if a team like the Oakland A's who could use any and all help possible or any and all upside players possible was willing to give up on him after a year, kind of should have told you something there. Um, I just don't know what the fix is simply because you have two options that are down in AAA. You would have to DFA Pache because he doesn't have any uh, minor league options anymore. So then you have to hope he gets through waivers if you truly do want to keep him in the organization. And then you have somebody like Dalton Guthrie who got opportunity in the postseason last year. You know, in spurts, played pretty well in right field. And then everybody's new favorite reclamation baby boy darling. Scott Kingrey.
1: Yeah. um, The face of rehab, (laughs) as
0: it was. Who, Scott had a great spring training. Like, good for him to, you know, put some things together. It doesn't always mean it's going to come together at the major league level. um, But with Brandon Marsh now day-to-day, I just simply cannot have Christian Pache in center field every single day. Because it's almost like, you know, you almost only have eight hitters when you're up to bat and the defense which he's known for in in limited spurts here has not been great
1: yeah it's it's like i said it's definitely been an underwhelming start um i think just given the complexity of it i i think probably see him for for a bit longer still just because i i don't know it's it's a, a narrow path to to go down And i think too like you know the the, the hoskins injury obviously too when it when it comes so late you, know, you don't really have time to to reshuffle we already you know I think keeping our eyes on, like, the platoon squad with this team and that, you know, wasn't really – didn't have a a ton of bench bat options, you know, it's definitely an area of weakness with this team. And, um, you know, I think that's only been exasperated. And, I mean, outfield depth already has never been amazing with this team. And, you know, I I think the fact – I mean, really your entire outfield outside of Brendan Marsh I think is not – lit it up to start the year and you know i mean the good news is bryce harper is apparently going to be back next week i heard <laughs> i i heard he's actually going to start this this friday at opening day because he's already taking batting practice somehow um, it's a great sign they didn't put him in the 60 day il they keep talking about like may in my mind i'm like much more mentally prepared to not see him till like june 20 something yeah. you know but i think, still had a schedule which yes, is great like i was you know in december i'm thinking i'm seeing bryce harper late july right you know, the fact that it seems possible that like maybe even first game out of the all-star break, maybe like the week going into the all-star break, we see Bryce Harper, you know, like that's, that's pretty nice. Um, you know, and I don't think it's just, I think people have been like quick to say that this is like us missing Bryce Harper and all this. And I think there's maybe some fairness to that. Like the the offense is definitely maybe missing a little bit of a spark that he very often gives that also Reese Hoskin gives. Um, you know, he's he's been a guy that has carried us through a week or two uh, consistently. You know, over, over the course of his career with the Phillies, um, I don't I don't know if if it's 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 just as simple as put Bryce Harper in this and we're like you know <laughs> four and two, right? You know, like I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it's quite that simple, but um, you know, we, we will obviously be a much more complete team once we get him back.
0: Yeah, and not great news today with Derek Hall getting injured as well. So now you're even more limited at first base than you already were. Uh, um, Cody Clemens gets called up, uh, today As Derek Hall jammed his thumb up. Uh, and along with the Brandon Marsh injury, just hope both of those guys are not out long term, um, because that would just be absolutely brutal. Um, but it has been a, a rough start and a rough go. I just have to reiterate to the people don't treat baseball season like football season. You know, you, you have time to bounce back and if you're a contending team, who feels like your team cannot, you know, go on a, a run and recover from five losses in a 162 game season? Reevaluate the way you watch baseball because things will be yeah, a month from now, we'll be looking at this team in a different light, and three months from now, this team will be completely different than what it is. So just pump the brakes, it's going to be all right. And, you know, not every team is going to start 6-0. and The Tampa Bay Rays are the only team to do it this year, and they're the first team in seven years to start 6-0 and uh, f- to start a season. So just relax. Keep it cool. Uh, but we are going to, uh, for the first time this season, Matt, with you in studio. It's our favorite game. It's brought to you by our <laughs> it's, friends. It's looking rough. <laughs> and our amazing merch partners, <laughs> PHI Apparel Company, uh, who provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philadelphia, including exclusive Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch for all of our podcasts on the network. And with their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd when you're going to your tailgates this summer uh, and during this baseball season. Hell, even when you're coming out to our live tailgate podcast, PHI Apparel Company, you're going to stand out, uh, especially, you know, six-post-season basketball, when the Eagles come back around, going to the Union game, get your merch. And it's one of the most effective and direct ways to support us. And make sure you guys, when you're shopping at PHIapparel.co, when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any apparel when you shop at PHIapparel.co. That's how they know you're coming from us. PHIapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND. Go get your merch. Stay styling and profiling all year round. Matt, the NL East Run Differential Started off as a bit uh, on this show about two seasons ago, I want to say, and uh, has turned into one of our favorite things to look at week in week out on the baseball schedule. It is not great right now <laughs> for your Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the whole everybody. division,
1: I got to say, not look uh, not does great, not look particularly
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so starting off, the uh, the lone team. With a positive run differential. Are those Atlanta Braves right. <laughs> just absolute nerds? They're 5-1 this year, uh, sitting with a plus-18 run differential. And that is then followed up by the New York Mets, who are 3-4 and four and ruined Justin Verlander's uh, post-prime career before he even took the mound. Uh, they sit at minus-11. The Miami Marlins, also three and four, are at minus 15. Our Philadelphia Phillies, by virtue of I don't even know what, uh, are in fourth place in the division uh, with a negative 24 run differential, the worst in the division right now.
1: Worst in all of baseball. Yep.
0: (laughs) And then the stolen franchise Washington Nationals in last place at negative 21. Not great when you're. Swimming in the same realm as the Washington Nationals in terms of run differential.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I've had, uh, I've had better times. <laughs> we'll be back, though, I'm sure. Of we'll it. be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, we'll get ours. We'll get ours at and, some point, <laughs> I'm sure.
0: And then uh, right now, leading the National League in run differential are those Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 25. Milwaukee Brewers, surprisingly, at plus 22. Uh, and then if you look at the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 31 for the best in all of baseball. And then uh, the Minnesota Twins have the best in the Central at plus 13. And the Texas Rangers at plus 14 to lead the AL West. Not a lot of true surprises, I would say, to start off You know, the first full week of baseball. Um, but has anything else around the league
1: stuck out to you
0: um, from what we've seen so far through six games,
1: uh, got channel stuck on uh some some Guardians action, and um I don't know why, just always a team that I enjoy watching. Probably because they I'm so envious of their pitching and that they yeah. always seem to just, <laughs> they just somehow just constantly have good pitching, good relief pitching. Um, they look very good. I think that could be a, that could be a sleeper in the American League but I you know I, I did fantasy baseball again this year and I got Otani I had the the number one overall pick so um, and I realized too that the Angels are, are coming to Philly again and I missed out on going to see them last time they were in Philadelphia so <laughs> I'm going to definitively have to make that trip because uh, I will be able to, to watch Otani and um, you know have an extra reason to hope that he does a little well not too good right but you know get a little on that but yeah I always feel bad for the Angels. I want them to do well so badly. Nice
0: little, nice little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in
1: late August. Yeah, too. very nice. The ball's gonna be flying. Um,
0: yo, a couple things He's that a, was, Otani needs all the help he can get. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple things that have stood out to me. I don't know if you saw the clip. Did you see Anthony
1: Rendon get into it with a oh, fan. I did, and you know what? As people were hating on him for that. Loved it. I'll say this: fans got to learn. If, yep. you, if you're gonna talk to talk, you got like because at the end of the day, you say that to some random person in any other situation. You're getting situation, decked. You're getting, yeah, you're getting way worse treatment. Like people are always like, oh, you know, you're an athlete, you got to get used it. No, you don't. No. Listen, like you can, you can, and it probably is easier for you if you just let it like, you know, rub off and it, it doesn't bother you, or whatever. But. You can also grab the guy by the shirt collar and turn him into a child. And like, "Relax, relax." It's like maybe you should tell your friend that. Yeah, maybe 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 your friend called him a bitch. Been swearing at a man for two and a half hours. A a grown man, by the way, the older person in that situation should be probably like twice Anthony Melton's age. That guy was not. You expect that kind of behavior from like a Mm twenty-something dude that had a few too many drinks on opening day or something like. Um, you are you have a Roth IRA that you're like taking money out of currently like you should know to maybe not maybe watch it I you know people say this all the time and I agree with it some people have gotten too far in life without being punched in the face yeah. and maybe you know I I think every, I think I think we should get as a as a team like each team in every sport should get one violent fan interaction year where they oh, just yeah. get to where like someone crosses the line and someone on the team gets to punch that person in the face. And that's it. And like, we just like, I, I think, I think we might be better off for that because I think people, you know, people lose a cool a little bit. Sometimes it's, it's fun. I think you can heckle, you can do all those things. Um, and I think like players are aware of that, you know, sometimes you can say things across the line. And sometimes if it's, it's a little too much, a little too long, you know, you might don't be surprised. Like, then we could
0: bring up a, a new <laughs> twist and spin on the old uh, ESPN NFL
1: countdown. Jacked up. <laughs> I'd like the Sports Center top ten of uh, oh yeah, <laughs> a fan uh, fractured noses with the not top ten music playing in the back. I just think you gotta remember you're talking to a human being. It's exactly. Like you know, like it doesn't feel real because you're just watching it through your TV, and they can't hear you when you're screaming at them. But when you're screaming that in real life. You got to remember a little bit, you know, <laughs> and I don't know how much I buy and into that these are professional athletes and they will absolutely beat the brakes. Oh, yeah. off you.
0: He got suspended for five games. He appealed it. It got down to four. I don't know how much I buy into the alleged conversation that Rob Manfred had Anthony Randone and this fan have as well to kind of mend the fences and, and not have the bridge burn. I uh, I think Anthony Rendon might have had like AI or something, you know, pretend to be yeah. his voice so Chancy he didn't have to did. talk to him again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly again, just you again, nothing wrong with a good heckling. I I have dabbled many a time in my life. But you know, firstly like I think I'm not trying to be like you shouldn't swear in public. I do think swearing does like it can cross a line cuz also yeah. like, especially baseball is a very family-oriented sport. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I get it like I'm not the type of person that's like, don't swear around children ever, but it's also like, I don't know, man, maybe, yeah, maybe don't be cussing at a baseball game at a player. Maybe just, like, you can, again, you can heckle. you can get super creative. Baseball, you got a lot of time. I know the games are a little shorter now, but you still got a lot of time. You got a lot of time to think about these things. Like, you don't gotta, you don't gotta be a, a total prick. Like, I get it's tough being an Oakland A's fan. <laughs> oh, it is. I get your team's Very
0: probably tough. moving to Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we need. There's another <laughs> Las Vegas team that's the worst 100% what we need
0: uh what <laughs> what are your thoughts
1: uh so far on the pitch clock um I like that the games move faster um and I think you know I think in general people seem to be pretty positive about it I haven't seen you know like obviously like the violations and stuff can be a little frustrating I think also have to remember too like it's still a, a new process mm-hmm. and you know they only had spring training and not everyone really had a full spring training so I think I think a lot of the issues people maybe have with it now will be a little moot once we get into, like, July and August. I think my hope is that it doesn't become an issue in the playoffs, that there's no, like, big moment that is, like, you know, whether it's a a batter or a pitcher, like, you know, it's like, what, um, Manny Machado got tossed the other day, and um, that was, like, a a big... Yeah, I hope nothing, like, that happens in the playoffs because I would hate for that to become, like, the focal point because I think, ultimately, like, if you want baseball to be a sport that people watch and interact with the time does become a factor you know games routinely were only like three and a half three hours 40 minutes and now i think like most of the phillies games they played six games i think four of those six have been under three hours they've been like two hour 40 minute game like that's just i'm sorry that's a huge difference and you know it also cuts down on just like it's not even really cutting down that much it's just cutting down on the fluff like Mm -hmm. of just like guys like taking time taking their hat off spitting you know just stomping the dirt a little bit, like that's not. I, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in seeing that. So I, I do like it. Yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of people, and I kind of agree with it in a sense of like regular season. It's been fine, you know. I, you know, like you said, like Machado got tossed, and there was a couple like snafus in there. But it would be kind of cool if they removed it for the postseason because there are those big moments and. A lot of people have, you know, brought up like Bedlam at the Bank and everything where like that doesn't happen if a pitch clock is implemented because of all the theatrics that go into postseason baseball and the, the stalling and everything of, you know, pitchers getting set and trying to find the right pitch. And then they also pointed to, you know, that final showdown in the World Baseball Classic between Otani and Trout, like that theatrics doesn't happen. I think that's like the... The ether that is postseason baseball is like the theater of it. So it would be kind of cool, like even say if it's like the the championship series and the World Series, they kind of put the pitch clock to bed a little bit or, you know, do something with it so that there is that theatrical aspect to, uh, you know, these high leverage, high stakes games. Um, but the regular season, I think it's fine. And, you know, a lot of people were concerned going into this season with the pitch clock and everything but I think for the most part it's been pretty solid I think the only other complaint I've seen is just like the the hitters being ready aspect of it and like working with that I don't know how much of that portion of the rule is going to continue to be in play but overall I think most of the pitchers have gotten
1: adjusted pretty quickly which is you know kudos to them. Yeah. I I think again, it's an adjustment period for everyone. And, um, you know, I I think it's, it's the first year it's being implemented. You know, I I don't, it's never, it's never going to be perfect, but I think it's, it's a realistic solution. I can't wait to go to a game and like not, not be like nodding off or my attention being distracted, (laughs) you know, in the the seven minutes it takes for, for one at bat to to conclude. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun
0: to see it in person too, just see how quickly it moves by. Um, but we'll see you know, how things continue to progress for the Phillies and hopefully this elixir of uh, the Cincinnati Reds, seven of the next uh, ten games, is uh, pretty nice. So hopefully they take advantage of that and then everybody can stop acting like Chicken Little like the sky is falling. Uh, but Matt, as we move from uh, the baseball diamond to the hardwood, it's brought to you by our new friends, new sponsor alert, Wasted Wedge. They are... New to the game in terms of uh, you know, your party aspect of things, your tailgates. They're going to be part of our live tailgate event as well. I want you guys to to picture the old traditional shot ski that you would see at a, a high school or college party, obviously drinking responsibly, um, but turn it into a golf wedge. That is Wasted Wedge. Uh, play like a champion, party like a pro. You can go to their website, WastedWedge.com check out everything that they have available uh i have it pulled up here for matt to take a look at here they have uh your traditional you know just uh
1: one like and a, then uh, like a shot ski type yeah of, uh, and then they have
0: extension uh pieces too so you can make it longer the birdie maker pro is the uh the original piece and then they have a whole bunch of uh extensions that you can add on to it and the nice part about it is you know typically when you make a shot ski you're super gluing down actual shot glasses and then things get dirty and it's tough to cl- keep I've clean built. I've been there. <laughs> been there with the wasted wedge. The cups are made out of plastic already on the wedge. And then you put your little plastic shot glasses Smart. into it to keep it clean. You put whatever alcohol you want into it. Uh, so play like a champion party, like a pro it's more shots, more fun wasted wedge.com. Go check them out. Uh Everything for wasted wedge too, made right here in the USA. Um, it seems Matt that uh, Joel Embiid
1: is on his way to winning his first career MVP we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not ready to uh to say that yet just yet with my my whole chest but um did have an electric performance against the Celtics that I think reinvigorated a lot of people um and you know deservingly so I think we've been banging that drum pretty much all year and uh it, it's Jimmy Butler said it up, said it perfectly. He should have won it last year too, you know? So um, I don't care if it's a makeup year or whatever, but he, uh, you know, he's, he's very likely to win the scoring title and, you know, just the way that he's carried this team throughout the season. I think, um, you know, he, he's very deserving of it. It's obviously a tight race between him, Giannis and Jokic, uh, you know, and talked about this last year too, that I think they're all great players, but um, I think a has has really not been given the respect that he deserves. And I, I think, uh, would you consider the the cast that he has had to drag? A lot of the times, um, you could argue two of the bottom five worst contracts in the NBA have been attached to Joel Embiid over the last two three seasons, and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. Um, and he has persevered through all that to be an amazing player, and he's taken steps forward again this year. Like every year, this guy's improved. I don't know what more you want from him. Like he's just uh, he's just. The best sixer I've ever seen play, and I, I think is, is totally, totally deserving of winning the an MVP, and um, I I hope he does.
0: And if you follow along
1: with kind of the trends that the uh,
0: sports books put out there, one of the 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 big name ones has Joel at, at minus nine hundred now to win the MVP, and another has him at minus one thousand. While they have Jokic at plus twelve hundred on one and plus seven fifty on the other. Um, which is the biggest discrepancy we've seen uh, with him beat in first place of uh, being the front runner for the MVP. I think ever, um, which is pretty impressive. I do think, like you said, the, the win against the Celtics and the performance that he had, as Doc Rivers said, he just scored half of our points um, and declared that the MVP race was over. And I don't think I've ever agreed more with something that Doc Rivers has ever said in my entire life. Um, it did feel good to yes, it's the regular season. You want to see them finally get over the hump against that team in the postseason, but it did feel good in what was a, a meaningful game. Light to finally beat the Celtics.
1: Yeah, um, just to prove that you could. Yes, <laughs> feels kind of nice. Um, and uh, <sighs> it's just so dark when you when you start thinking about the playoffs and. Um, you know, where this team has put us mentally over the last, like, four or five years. Um, I don't know where the season ends up, but I will say it's the best on beat has ever played. Um, and, you know, if he continues that through the playoffs, it's going to be an interesting first-round matchup, too. Very likely to be the Nets. Um, could be the Heat, but it, it, is, it look, looks pretty likely that we're going to be facing up against the Nets in the first round. Uh, that's, that's definitely an interesting first-round matchup, too. And play them on the final day of the season, so, you know, we'll... <laughs> It, it's interesting, too, what the the last few games are going to look like, too, for the Sixers because, really, they're they're locked into the three spot. Um, yeah. And so, I would imagine that you might actually see Embiid and Harden get some rest here um, just because I, I don't think it makes sense, especially with just how unlucky Embiid has been with in, just, like, freak injuries over the last few years. Um, you know, and that's the thing about Embiid that's always been funny to me is people act like he's, like, this, like... People treat him like he's Anthony Davis, where like he has yeah. these muscle injuries and these tendon stuff. Like if you look at Embiid's injuries that have affected in the playoffs over the last few years, they're just like completely like Markel Fultz just like barreling into his eye and fracturing him, and um, you know he has the uh, the the knee injury where he just dunks and just lands wrong, like just again a freak injury. Like he, he had a the, broken face twice. Yeah, he has the the, the broken face. He had the hand um, mm-hmm. injury as well, like which is again just like these freak things, like just very unlucky. And
0: even like pre. Sixers making the postseason in Embiid's tenure was the the knee injury, and then they forced him to play on, yeah, uh, you know, ESPN prime time, and then he was out for, God knows how long. Yeah, you know,
1: like he's, again, I, you know, for for his size, like yes, he like does some of the load management stuff and and all those things, but most stars do at this point. Um, and I just think that uh, you know, he often gets like tagged with being like injury prone, and I'm just not sure that I'm not getting one. Um, but you know, I just maybe bubble wrapping <laughs> you know?
0: yeah uh yeah the Sixers right now two games back of the Celtics uh for that two seed so we'll see how the Sixers want to approach you know the seeding and everything um but right now if the postseason started today Matt and taking the play in tournament aspect out of it this would be one through eight it would be Bucks Celtics Sixers Cavs Knicks Nets Heat Hawks <laughs> a lot of ghosts of postseason past.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> killing me. Um, I uh, I just um, I really think, and I really feel that um, it's just so hard for me to move past the Sixers getting past the second round. I just, and and when you think about the fact that it's probably a Celtics matchup, I just um. There's a lot of ghosts in there, you're right. And I think um uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for pain. I mean, the ultimate pain would be a Nets first round loss. That would be the truly oh, yeah. the, the darkest of dark days, but I just uh, The only team missing
0: is like the Wizards. Even though we yeah, perennially beat them. They are typically, you know, one of the the three first round matchups that the uh the Sixers come to get. And the play in tournament could also bring up some other uh post-season uh ghosts of uh The Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's just Christ, just a brutal. I mean, the East playoffs are going to be very. The West is going to be interesting too, but um, you know, it kind of feels like the the future champion might be coming out of the East this year. You know, it it feels like that type of. uh... I still feel like. uh, I still feel like everyone's just like really underrating the Celtics, and I just don't like it. You know, the past few weeks, I think people have been pretty critical of them, and I just. It just smells funky to me. Yeah. I, just, I just I don't like I don't like the way that is. Uh, so we'll
0: see what happens with the NBA playoffs as uh the, the regular season trickles down and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be another wild ride for the Sixers in the NBA playoffs. But Ma- March Madness has also come to an end. It has, uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the most mad, if you will, Final Fours in the men's game. One of the most discussed if not the most discussed women's final um just wanted to get your uh your takeaways from the final four and uh everything that
1: transpired over the weekend with uh March Madness well Brack didn't do great but you know um most people's did not so I don't feel uh it felt like a a tournament that was gonna give us a little bit of a curveball um should have seen the UConn thing coming um whenever it's a weird year yeah and they, they're they're weirdly dominant i mean they just they went on a, a completely insane run in, in the tournament and um you know it really felt like especially like when they they beat miami the way they did in the final four it really felt like all right well <laughs> i i don't know that anyone was really stopping them once they got to the final so um good for them you know it was definitely a, a very fun team to watch throughout the tournament and it was exciting um the women's final was great too um you know, I, I think the final four for the women was maybe a little more exciting than the, the actual final game. The final game, I think, could be really hit or miss. And you know, I think you even saw that in the men's game. It was close at times, but it always kind of felt like UConn were in control. Um, but especially the final four of the women's was really exciting. Obviously, like the aftermath has been a lot of <laughs> yeah, like nonsense talking head stuff about Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and things like that. Um, I think trash talk is an integral part of the sport yes (laughs) shit talking is fun and i think when the player that everyone is like throwing themselves in front of to like defend is saying that she was fine with what angel reese did and said that it's like really doesn't bother her like yeah all right there you go then that should that should stop every (laughs) every weird think piece every dumb tweet that you sent about angel reese like it's just it's dumb um so yeah i mean it's fun and uh you know i think i was actually talking with someone um and we were just talking about how, like, college sports in general feel like there's been a little bit of shift over the last two or three years where, like, some of the perennial candidates are maybe not as strong. Like, you're seeing, you know, not that this is maybe a sign of things to come, but you're just seeing things a little different. Because you know, we are talking about March Madness for the, for the men's side and, you know, that obviously, like, Duke were out at this point. North Carolina didn't even make it. You know, Kansas was, was already uh, out of the tournament. You say, like, these kind of teams that you're used to seeing in the later stages of the tournament, even someone like Gonzaga, Um, and that they, they've, they've already been out and, you know, I I was talking about like college football too, right? Like it's, it's felt like you have some kind of new, new teams or some teams that haven't been as great, um, in recent years, you know, kind of restore themselves. And I do think it's an interesting trend to keep an eye on is, you know, in like in basketball and football, kind of how, uh, how teams, how programs have changed.
0: Yeah. And, uh, underground madness, a, a wild success, biggest group we've ever had, um, Six of our competitors picked UConn to win the whole thing. Uh, We are getting in touch with everybody. Shout out to Andrew Morgan for winning the entire bracket. Uh, And then Tate Renzenbrink uh, coming in second place. And then Evan Ketman comes in second place. Or, I'm sorry, in third place. So we are working on getting everything out to you guys. Um, DM us on Twitter if you haven't already. I know I've been in contact with... uh Evan and Andrew, but Tate, if you haven't, uh, Tate, was...
1: Tate,
0: <laughs> let us know. Uh, we want to get everything out to you guys as soon as possible. Also, thank you to Dubby for uh you know keeping us energized throughout all of the NCAA tournament. Um, big shout out to them. New stuff coming out with them this month, as it's their anniversary month. So definitely go to w.gg. Use code Underground for ten percent off any and all orders. It's the the best energy drink out there it's delicious it's clean no jitters no crash zero calories zero sugars best in the game w.gg code underground for 10 percent off any order and Matt, ironically um the best finisher in terms of uh people who work for our company slash adjacent to our company um was the og
1: <laughs> you gotta love
0: it who lost his national champion opening day
1: <laughs> you know what i loved was was dom's bracket um really <laughs> <laughs> dom texted us the first day of march madness and said oh, my bracket's already uh, i'm already pissed i bracket already sucks and i was like tom you did not submit your bracket <laughs> so it was all good i mean you're good you're, you're clear. clear Got no, conscious is clean baby just Conscience a great, is clean. just a
0: great thing right there. But yeah, another uh, underground madness in the books, and uh, as we get set for, you know, the NBA playoffs, we also have Philadelphia Union, footy to talk about, Matt.
1: Yeah, um, they win against Atlas in the uh, the CONCACAF Champions League, which is a, a nice win. Um, but you know, <laughs> I think in general, uh, the Union have not looked obviously. The way that we had hoped they did definitely don't look like the team that was playing into like July and August last year where they were just rolling um, through uh, through teams and, and scoring going for fun. Um, I think it, the, the problem is definitely lie in the midfield. I think, too, like we can't underestimate, you know, mentality is a very nebulous thing to understand and ascertain. And especially in soccer, like you see this year on year where some teams just have the right mentality and sometimes they don't. And I do wonder. You know, we, you see it in like the NFL a lot too, like where they always talk about like the, and there's a lot of turnover in the NFL. So it's, it's different, but you know, how hard it is to come back from like losing a Super Bowl and things like that, you know? And I wonder if there's just that little element of like, I don't know what it is. If, it, if it's confidence, if it's just momentum, um, that kind of gets taken out of you when you, in such a dramatic way too. I, I just wonder if that's maybe playing it there. You know, if the, the, the confidence isn't there yet, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I'm hitting a panic button, um, because they're still they're doing fine, but we're expecting them to do great. Um, so it's been an un- underwhelming start. It's not been disastrous, and it's not an unsalvageable start, but I do think, um, you know, we, as we creep into, like, the warmer months, if we don't see this team pick up the, the pace a little bit, um, I'd be a little concerned. Just because, too, you know, we expected so much of the roster returning, so much of the starting 11 returning, that you would kind of... It's unlikely you're going to pick up right where you left off, but you were going to see this team kind of be pretty dominant and you know n- near the, the, the top tier of, of the Eastern Conference. You just haven't seen that so far this year. Um, re- remarkably, their best performances have come in the Champions League, um, which is fascinating. I think that's actually when they've played the best, and I wonder, too, if maybe there's a little bit of an aspect of once teams have a whole year and, and a lot of tape on you, you know, especially with the style of play that the union do play, it's not... I don't want to say it's predictable but i think um you can you know trap opponents when they play the way that they Mm -hmm. do um you know they're they're a team that likes to concede possession a lot and you know aren't a team that are have shown themselves to be too great at breaking down opponents like the midfield is not built to be like calling like breaking the lines right um in, in the same way that like i i just think I think that's been an issue for them this year has been, um, especially midfield creativity has not been there. That was never a strength of theirs to begin with. They've relied a lot on guys that getting the ball in space and uh, runners, you know, especially fullbacks, especially overloading sides. And um, I think there's just been a little bit of misfiring for that, but I think it's fixable too. You know, it's, you know and I, I think too, like Andre Blake is not at hundred percent, you know, like the groin injury I think is still uh, a relevant thing. So not a great start to the season so far, um, but, you know, they could very well be in the semifinals of the Champions League, which would be pretty impressive. So you kind of take it where you can get it with this team right now. Yeah, and I mean, the Andre Blake
0: thing, when you don't have the best goalie in the league, arguably, for any amount of time, it's tough. And I wonder how much, you know, the Champions League success so far is kind of weighing on them. And it's like, hey, like we have an opportunity to go and win this. So let's. This is kind a, of a, dial focus in a on a very this.
1: common issue because you know you see this a lot in in the the European schedule too, where they have games, um, and there are certain managers and there are certain teams that like Antonio Conte is a, a very mm-hmm. um, great case study in this, where his he perennially does terribly in Europe. He per- perennially does terribly in the European competitions, which is like the same as what the the Champions League is for for the Union, um, and that a lot of his like dominant domestic league successes have come in years where his team doesn't have european competition there's something to having to plan because you have to think of like the resources and the time it takes as like a coaching staff um to prepare for a game (coughs) and the the amount of work that has to be done to analyze like whoever it is you're playing and 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 come up with training ideas and that's not even accounting for for traveling and, and for the actual game itself and the recovery from that game um you know and i mean so it's an extra layer that I think maybe is giving them. But you know, there was also a layer last year too. You know, so it's not like this is not new necessarily. So I, I just think, um, yeah, you know, I, I think it can detract a little bit, and you I think you can definitely lose your focus a little bit, especially when you're you're doing as well in the champion Champions League as they are. I think that could that could definitely be a component. So um, I'm not I'm not super worried yet. Um, I do think that again, it's so funny because. Every time I've watched them in the championship, I'd like, I don't know, this team looks good. And then I watch them in the analyst I'm like, I don't know, this team looks bad. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what it is. I I think it, I think it does I think there is something there tactically that um, your teams domestically have a better sense of how to attack this team and I think you're gonna have to see them adapt a little bit. And you saw them adapt last year too, you know, like let's not forget this team was not super inspiring, you know, the first two months of the season last year. They were good, um, but they were not the team that they were in, you know, late season in, in July, August, September when they were really rolling through the league um so let's just give it some time in, in, and trust that they can adapt and be flexible through the course of the year 100
0: percent. and uh final segment obviously is our uh, buffs and snuffs survivor 44 season talk uh, and it's brought to you by our friends at tomahawk shades the best small batch eyewear in the game go to tomahawkshades.com get your sun, uh, sunglasses blue light glasses prescription lenses everything in between Sun has been out recently. You got to protect your eyeballs outside, inside. Plus Tomahawk Shades has partnered with survivor legend, Tyson Apostle. Ever heard of him? Uh, Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order uh, of an already affordable product at a fraction of the price of the big sunglass, you know, brands out there and they're, even better than them. So go to Tomhawk promo code USP for twenty five percent off your order from our friends at Tomhawk Shades. Matt, tonight we head into the merge on Survivor 44. It has been uh, quite the roller coaster season of uh twists, turns, fake idols, and uh health slash emergency ejections. Yeah. Um, a lot of
1: um <laughs> a lot of uh people catching on to people's lives very quickly yes um josh just <laughs> like i love jam jam just be like those are the beats from dream he's like no they're not And they're like no they are even <laughs> carolyn's like i think that's not real it's like I that's the exact thing you showed me the other day um so yeah shout out i like that people are getting tricky and trying i do think it's funny because because matthew obviously leaves the game um he made a fake idol f- that jamie has correct mm-hmm. That she does not know no, it's fake. Is fake. Unless maybe just out the door he's like, hey, by the way, that's a fake idol. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and Danny planted a fake idol. Um, I just that that Sarah Matt, got voted out with a fake Sarah idol. Sarah got voted out with the fake idol that like Carolyn made, and Matt has the right? Doesn't Matt have the fake idol that Danny planted i believe he does yeah because i believe danny planted it and then he saw him grab it and then he was like what was that yeah kind of uh uh man it's the uh, amount of fake idols this yeah season. it's, it's, it's a little insane. bit it's a little bit to, to keep track of and um yeah I, I think it's been an interesting season so far I, i'm very curious to see how the merge merge goes along carolyn's been just an absolute <laughs> treat i love i love carolyn they've been been one of my favorite um players uh over the last few seasons so far Um, just a joy to watch Um, didn't love Danny and Brandon's energy Um, you gotta be a little more aware you know (laughs) and Carolyn you know like I think people really underestimate her she is she's definitely like she is sharp like she like notices stuff like and I think just like given like even her career I think she she picks up on body language and she picks up on tone yes way more than i think people give her credit for and she is like she's a little like outlandish you know times and like she can be a little like dramatic but i think she's the type of person that really gets underestimated on the show and is like for me like she's one of my favorites um but i think she's also like a very good player Mm -hmm. like i really do like she has a very good sense of the game so um excited to see how how she gets along i I hope we have uh, more time with her um but, yeah, you know, I, I loved uh, her and jan uh dynamic. That was beautiful. That was wonderful. I loved oh, I loved, I loved. all of that. Um, yeah. And I loved them sitting at the fire and sort of, like, all just staring at each other. And then Jeff comes up and was like, ah, by the way, all that tension you've had today, it's, like, it's totally good. <laughs>
0: and then Carolyn just be like, I'm kind of
1: bummer how it's going to tribal. <laughs> and Josh was like, oh, we're not going home? I mean, I'm sorry he's going home, but... <laughs> like, yeah, shout out to Matthew. Um, don't climb a rock <laughs> on day two, because <laughs> it could have. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's like okay, but um, that could have been so much worse. <laughs> yeah, was doing it barefoot, like <laughs> There's just so much that could have gone so oh, much wrong, man. Um, and so much in such a worse way. Anytime
0: I see that clip, I like, yeah, I, I like tense
1: because it's that it's just such a bad, it's idea. so brutal. So, um, let that be a lesson to uh to any <laughs> future players, maybe. You see that uh, that giant sharp jagged rock in the middle With of the waves surf? crashing. Yeah, maybe maybe
0: don't climb that. Oh man, uh, and I know like the past four seasons now, including this one, like they haven't given like the season a name. It's just been you know Survivor 4. two, three, four. We've had you know Island of the Idols. I think this is Island of the Fake Idols.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, I, I really I really like the ingenuity. I I, I think they've they've. I think too, you know, like the fact that they provided them with uh, with fake idols too. I think kind of helps like spur the development. But yeah, we've had people kind of take it on themselves to to make uh, fake ones and, and plant them around and be a little sneaky. And um, yeah, I, I like I like I like when people are a little aggressive with this stuff. Um, I'm curious too because I think just thinking about the merge, I think Matt still does not have a vote because he mm. risked. Yeah. Uh, i think he doesn't have it for two i don't think they've yeah i don't think they haven't gone to, been tribal. to tribal i think he, that's, that's something to, <laughs> that's something to worry about <laughs>
0: that and then uh something i have enjoyed is you know when they go on the journey that they've switched up not just like oh here you lose your vote you, you yes. get an idol the tribe switch thing was a very cool aspect of the journey i think and i hope like there's more intricacies that they continue to add to that. They're going to keep this whole journey aspect in these formats of Survivor um, because it, it did
1: start to feel kind of stale. It's like, oh, you already know what you're going there for, right? Yeah, I, I like you know you you have to switch it up because people can't like be aware that anytime you're going away, it's like you spin the wheel and you risk a vote or whatever. Like, yeah, I like that. You, Especially since there's film now that I they're d- able to watch. I didn't care for the twist where it's like you pull. You have to like mm-hmm. risk it and like you could lose two votes and that you know like it's I, I didn't like that as much i don't i don't like being forced yeah to like make that like you should be able to have the choice um and i you know i just wish that maybe it wasn't like a, a forced thing but i do like i do like uh and even this past one you know you kind of think i'm sure they're all thinking on the boat like oh you know i wonder what the reward might be like you know what what do i have to do um and then it's like ah oh, here's food <laughs> so like that's kind of nice yeah and then uh our Soul Survivor
0: check-in brought to you by Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use that Kenny tracker. See who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can get it at your local liquor store if you're in the Philadelphia area. And if you're in eastern Pennsylvania, you can also get it at your local Whole Foods. Kenwood Beer, part of our live Ring It Tailgate podcast event as well. The Kennys will be flowing in the jetro lot on saturday afternoon so go to kenwoodbeer.com you got to be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly matt how are we feeling about our sole survivor pick of danny as we head into the merch
1: i feel good not great um he has shown himself to be a good like game player like i love his willingness to uh, like, kind of risk and take the advantages and stuff like that. And I loved his antics around finding the idol and planning the fake one and things like that. Eating uh, the clue. <laughs> eating the clue is great. He's a great character, which you love. You love to root for for a Danny type. Um, I do wish, you know, like, I, do, I can't help but think his, like, him and his branding connection. And they're not wrong when they talk about the fact that, like, physical threats have, you know, typically been... Um, you know, people that have, have not made it to the end and things like that. Um, but I, th- I would have liked if there was just a little more balance in that, like, approach. And if, like, you know, and we got to remember, too, we see, like, the edit and we see, you know, very, like, cut-down part. Mm-hmm. But um, I would have liked if he, like, in my mind, really, I just want Danny and Carolyn to be, like, a a, a, a duo. <laughs> and, like, I just, I, I want that to be a thing. But, um, you know, I, I hope he has, like, because we haven't seen him in a position to have to, like, go right. to vote and, and rely on people. And, like, really, like, that's when your alliances and all those connections you make are actually, like, truly tested. Um, so until that point, it's always a little scary just because you don't know how good he actually is at, like, winning Survivor. Like, right now he's doing very good, I think, at playing mm-hmm. the game. But, you know, the, the the true test is when when you get to votes. Do you have to say,
0: the streak continues. Yeah. Our sole survivor pick has at least made it to the merch. Which is you know what? Like in four straight seasons. We'll we'll take it. We'll take, that we, we'll take that all the time. We'll see how far Danny gets. Um, we are we are making the cut of the Masters. We are <laughs> <laughs> we are going into the weekend. Um obviously our our worst prediction unfortunately was James last season. Didn't make it to the uh the final two like our previous two did. Um Or the final three, I should say. But, you know, the first two we picked were the actual runners up. Um, So, we'll see how far Danny gets. But make sure you guys follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter. We're trying to be more active on there. Probably make an Instagram account for it soon. Keep up with everything Survivor. Um, So, follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter. Follow us on the socials at UndergroundPHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review. It goes a long way for helping people find the show, helping more people get interactive with our content. Uh, Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia under podcast app of choice. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're on that road to 500 subscribers. Smash the like button, ring the bell icon, so you don't miss out on any of our content. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, original content, shorts, live streams. YouTube.com/slash/at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city organized, city sponsored, and city affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city of Vineland, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for also sponsoring the show. And make sure you guys go get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. And come out to our live tailgate event Saturday, April eighth, one o'clock p.m. The podcast starts. Myself, Matt, Dom, Dylan, Christian, Casey, and Owen from F1 Underground, the the whole crew. It's gonna be a, a time Jetro lot live podcast going down right before the Phillies take on the Reds. You don't want to miss it. It's the first of hopefully many. It's our Ring It live tailgate podcast. Come on out. Let's have some fun before the Phillies go on a run here to uh actually get the season underway but this has been episode number 522 of underground sports philadelphia for matt i'm kb till saturday in the lots we are signing off peace